0: And welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll free, 1 800 610 7035. My email address is XONE at XONE dot com. On MSN Messenger, XONE radio TV at hotmail dot com, and my website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. dot com. Now, if you'd like to listen to us seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year, you can do so at www.xzbn.net forward slash live.htm. That's www.xzbn.net forward slash live.htm. And uh, also, don't forget, this is the month of May. This is Mental Health Awareness Month. And yesterday we had Dr. Clancy McKenzie on. And uh, he's a great guy. It was a super month. A super show, I should say, about mental health month. And, um, you know, he brought up a, a number of great, um, how should I say this, great, unique hypotheses. So that's uh, so. once again, if you'd like to listen to Dr. Clancy, go to com. And finally, before I get to my guests this hour... May 25th to the 27th, I'm going to be the Master of Ceremonies at the Body, Soul, Spirit Expo being held at the International Center, 6900 Airport Road in Mississauga. And if you'd like more information on the Body, Soul, Spirit Expo, just go to their website, www.bodysoulspiritexpo.com. And for everyone, we will be giving away complimentary editions of the X Chronicles newspaper, on DVD that you can take home with you. We are a paper-friendly company here, and all you have to do is say, hey Rob, I'd like to get my DVD. It's that simple. And on that DVD are going to be some videos, uh, some of our best interviews, as well as uh, copies of the X Chronicles newspaper. It's that simple. We want you, the members of the XO Nation, to make up your own mind, because what we do is we bring both sides of the story and let you make up your decision on to what is fact what is truth? What is myth? What is legend? And what is reality? My guest for this hour, CJ Ellison. Wow, I must tell you, Exxon Nation, that I received two of uh, CJ's books. And we're going to be talking to CJ about her her interest in vampires. One of the books she sent me was the uh, the uh, let me see, The Hunt, book number 2, a novel of the vampire of the V. Inn, and she also sent me Vampire Vacation, book 1. C.J. Ellison is our guest for this hour, and C.J., how are you?
2: I'm good today, Rob. Thanks for having me here. How are you?
0: I- I'm doing great, C.J., but I have to ask you this question. Are you a vampire?
2: No, I am not. So sorry. Well, you know what?
0: <laughs> where, where did your interest in vampires come from, C.J.?
2: Well, wow, I guess if we're going to be honest and go all the way back, I'd have mm. to say it would be Anne Rice. I've been interested wow, yep. in reading about vampires for decades. Uh, Interview with a Vampire was the first book I read by her, uh-huh. and then I just found a lot of other books, and Uh, Laurel K. Hamilton has a terrific series, Charlene Harris does, uh, all the big names. So I've been reading it for a very long time.
0: Why do you think so many people in today's society are so interested in vampires?
2: I think that because of the mythical representation that uh, there are so many different cultures that Mm -hmm. have vampires or some type of blood drinker within their own historic legends, that people have always been fascinated with it. And now, in today's day and age, you can have your flavor of the month for vampires however you want it served. Mm-hmm. It can be horror, it can be uh, erotic, it can be fantasy, it can be um you know a mysterious like a detective salute yeah. situation for the vampire there there's a ton of different ways you can spin it, and I think all the fantastical creatures there are, you see more of it with vampires, more variety than any other any other one there is, and that's what I really liked about it and what drew me to writing about it.
0: CJ, you and I have to take a two-minute commercial uh, break. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm looking forward to spending the next hour here in the Exxon with you. CJ Ellison this is my special guest, www.cjellison.com, that's C-J-E-L-L-I-S-S, on.com don't forget that second desk exonation that's cjellison.com and she also has a very very popular fan book on facebook so uh check her out we'll be back on the other side with cj ellison as the exon continues from our studios in hamilton ontario canada my name is rob mcconnell don't go away sense this product is a real winner to learn more about 123 ready tv visit our website at www.xzbn.net and welcome back to the Axon CJ Ellison is my very special guest this hour www.cjellison.com and uh, you know CJ's got a very popular fan page on Facebook just have to go to Facebook and uh, enter her name CJ Ellison And her books are available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and other online stores. Once again, for more information on CJ, visit her website at www.cjellison.com. CJ, tell us a little bit about your series, and what was the driving force
2: behind it? As I mentioned before, I've been reading Vampires Mm -hmm. for a really long time, and I've read a lot of the urban fantasy genre, which is kind of a, a crossover between a fantasy book and a paranormal romance. Yep. The main character, it's usually told from a first-person perspective, so it's told with a I instead of a he and she. Yes. We're getting a really a first-hand look of the story through the narrator's eyes. You're kind of living the story with them as it happens. I enjoy these types of books because you're able to put yourself into the story mm-hmm. and, and live it, just enjoy it page by page as if you were there. He and she, the third person, past tense, which you see a lot of high fantasy books in, that's nice, too, but this newer, more contemporary writing style, I've really enjoyed, and it's really brought me into it. Uh, Now, regarding my story, the Vampire Vacation book is the first book in the series, and it's written from an ancient vampire's perspective. She's a 580-year-old vampire who's married to a human husband, and she's uh, very happy, very monogamous, and running an inn in Alaska, a vacation spot for the undead. So that, you know, obviously it's open only in the winter months. But everyone from all over the globe flies in, jet setting, you know, rich vampires to vacation and take off their civilized masks and and to let loose. Because after all, if they're living among regular people mm-hmm. every day, they have to pretend to be regular people. Now they get to come to the Vampire Vacation Inn and really let loose. Tell me, so do you it's, think it fam- been a do- lot of fun to write it?
0: Do you think vampires are real, or are they strictly in the mind of the believers?
2: You know, I really don't know. I think my first instinct would be to scoff and to say, no, they're not real. But honestly, I don't think that I'm ever going to be the one to say yes or no on something that I don't know enough about. I can honestly say that there's more things in heaven and earth than I know anything about. That There's so many other things out there that you always have to have an open mind and not discriminate what someone's beliefs are. Until you have more proof and more research done yourself.
0: One of your reviewers uh, wrote that your book was an erotic paranormal mystery in the Arctic.
2: How do you explain yes. that? I thought that was a really great way to phrase it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Erotic, paranormal, mystery in the Arctic. Well, obviously it's set above the Arctic Circle in Alaska, so that's where we got that from. Erotic, because I'm not shy and I write very detailed, explicit sex scenes throughout the books, so that's where that comes from. Paranormal was the vampire angle, and mystery was a... I give give my couple a problem to solve. I don't want to write a romance book, but that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy sex in the stories either. So the... uh, the sex spices things up, but it's not mm-hmm. the main plot focus. The mystery brings things along and gives our couple of an adventure, but it's also not the main plot focus.
0: What makes your series different than all the other vampire books out there, CJ? Uh,
2: comparatively speaking, with a lot of the urban fantasies that are really popular right now, if the main character is a, f- a woman written from uh, her point of view, mm-hmm. uh, she's usually bed-hopping quite a bit or having relationship problems even if the relationship uh is a subplot in the book you'll still find that you know she can save the day she can journey to foreign lands she can you know save her loved ones or anyone who's friends with her but she can't seem to keep a guy and at the end of the story she either fobs the relationship or she's with someone new and what i really didn't care for was that it, it it completely discounted anyone who was in a happy marriage people who are in a happy marriage who work very hard for that know what a relationship mm-hmm. really the energy that it takes to keep it going What are they going to get to read? Why can't they read anything about a a happy couple that's side by side, just like they are in real life? Sure, we might, you know, hate each other once in a while or want to smother one another in our sleep. But overall, (laughs) we're with it. You know, we're, we're here for the long haul. And that's what I wanted to read. I wanted to read about a happily married couple, about a couple who was there for each other no matter what. I just made mine, of course, a vampire. Uh, you
0: know, I don't know. I've been doing this show for 20 years or 20-some-odd years. And I've never heard somebody say, well, you know, we may think about smothering our partner when they're asleep. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the premise of your first book, CJ?
2: Uh, the premise is that this uh, husband and wife are a you know little mystery-solving duo. Uh-huh. They are running this vacation spot where the vampires come up for the decadence of the theme rooms and kind of let their let their let themselves hang out and have a real nice sexual exploitation of a good time party all night long. And the premise is that they are trying to solve this murder. So a guest is, or Mm -hmm. actually they don't know who it is right away. someone is killed, they want to find out if the person is a guest, an employee, how they got there, who killed them and why, without alerting their guests. So it's this madcap adventure of them bumbling through trying to figure out who the killer is without alerting everybody.
1: Why
0: Alaska?
2: I often wondered why there wasn't more vampire books set in alaska it seemed like the perfect setting it's in the wintertime it's dark 20 hours out of the day yeah. it, above the arctic circle you get four hours of twilight how come no one was setting other vampire stories up there now after i wrote the book and i had some critique partners go through it mm-hmm. i had someone point out to me hey you do know that there's a, a comic graphic comic series called 30 days of night that was turned into a movie that's up in Barrow, alaska right mm-hmm. and i had no idea i was crushed i thought i was the first person that thought of it but, like I said, it, it was a good idea, so I'm not surprised more people haven't tried it.
0: I, I love it. I, I love the aspect of, of vampires and a vampire. And tell me, you know, like I, I travel and I go and, you know, my wife and I, no, let me put it to you this way. Laura has to stay in a five-star hotel. She she really doesn't care where I stay, but she's got to stay in a five-star hotel. <laughs> So, so rather than cause any problems, and I love harmony, I say, yes, dear, you know, uh, it, there's always a fridge in the room that is filled with alcohol. Now, in your stories, in your vampire inn, is the fridge filled with blood?
2: It can be if they request it to be, and it's funny that you say that because there is a scene where mm-hmm. the uh, the proprietess, Vivian, of the hotel is is asking one of the maids, did you check and see that there was Perrier in the uh, fridge waiting in the, for the guest's arrival in their, in their room? And, uh, of course, there could be bagged blood instead if that's what they wanted.
0: I guess. Where did you get the ideas for the individual characters that you've placed in your books?
2: I... I picked them from friends, from people around me, from uh, – I, I stole names from people on Facebook. <laughs> uh, they, that, was, that was actually really fun. I do a lot of my naming from people on Facebook. Oh, I'll do a, a shout-out on my page saying, hey, I need to pick a character, a name, and it's got to be a man from this uh, area of the, of the world, this age. He's going to be a vampire. Who wants to help name him? And I'll get, you know, 100 or more suggestions of names. I scribble everything down. I've never been a person who's really been attached to a name, yeah. per se, When I, in my writing, like, oh, this name is symbolic and it means something. I think if you go a little overboard with the names and make them too weird, it's very hard for the reader to actually pronounce them in their mind. So having a, a name from somebody who's on Facebook, it makes a connection with them, they feel more involved, brings everybody into the story. And it's a more common name then. I so guess. I've got some pretty common names in my book.
0: Uh, Exonation. C.J. Ellison is my special guest of this hour. We're talking to C.J. about the uh, the books that she's written we're we're talking about vacation vampire book 1 and uh, the hunt which is book number 2 cj's website is www.cjellison.com. Dot com. Make sure you get both S's in or else you won't be able to find her. And her books are available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and other fine bookstores online. And she's got a very active Facebook fan page. All you have to do is go to Facebook and just type in, in the search engine, CJ Allison, and away you go. CJ, your publisher calls your books hot monogamy. Can you tell us what inspired that phrase?
2: I was the one that inspired that phrase. I had a lot of people asking me, what is it that makes your book different than the others that are out there? Like I said before, I did not want to have a bed-hopping heroine. I wanted her to be in a solid relationship. I wanted it to be where they could count on each other. And true intimacy that I wanted to portray in my books does not happen in a month of dating, three months, or three years. It happens over a long period of time. Anyone who's been in a long, happy marriage can attest Yes, the intimacy comes with time, Uh over decades built. I wanted people to realize that's what hot monogamy really was. It wasn't something that it was ho-hum, boring, you know, uh, let's go have an affair. It's something that's scorchingly hot if it's done right.
0: I don't know if there's anything wrong with a bed-hopping vampire.
2: Uh, I don't think there is, but why not write something different?
0: I like where you're coming from. I like where you're coming from. so so, so, tell me when it comes to vampires and 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 the creatures of the night, are you a believer in the paranormal?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. There's so many things that are unexplained. I think that to try to beat a dead horse and try to foot it into some type of a scientific or historical background is is just uh, is just wrong. There's got to be things out there that we don't know.
0: mm Have you ever had a paranormal experience of your own that you'd like to share with us?
2: if I, I really think I have. I've, I've definitely had those spooky moments when you're in an old house and you aren't quite sure what you've heard, what you saw. Mm-hmm. But is there anything, one particular thing I could point to and say, this is definitely strange or this is definitely out of the ordinary? No, there hasn't been much to my dismay. But that doesn't mean I don't believe it when I listen to other people. Sure. I had, I would listen to somebody sitting and explaining to me about crop circles it was an amazing lecture i had no idea there was so much scientific background to it and uh, the research that was done i thought it was just fascinating
0: uh, do you plan on writing more books uh, for example you know for example are, are the characters going to progress or are they going to get into different plots
2: oh yes i've already the book the third book came out last month mm-hmm. when the print edition just released today uh, it's been well received so far from readers and they all keep saying the same thing, please keep writing. So I'm going to continue with this series as long as there's reader interest and I have some other series in mind too.
0: Has anybody sent you an email who, says that, who claims to be a vampire and they say, hey, what you're writing about is dead on? If you look, no, I not
2: And I do get a lot of emails too. So.
0: Interesting. What do you think the average werewolf actually looks like i'm sorry yeah the the average vampire looks like and can we tell them apart from i John would think
2: the average vampire would look just like you and i hmm. wouldn't that be the whole point if you have my book there in front of you you should open it up to the first page for chapter 1 there's a quote there from charles darwin the whole point is about being able to adapt it is not the strongest that survives nor is the most intelligent that it survives it is the one that is most adaptable to change
0: all right, you and I have to take a commercial break because that is one change I cannot make here on this show. Exonation uh, C.J. Ellison is our special guest, www.cjellison.com. There's two S's in Ellison. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break talking to C.J. about her books. The uh, Let me see. It's a series on a novel of the VVN. Worldwide Toll Free. My name is Rob McConnell. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
1: This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network,
0: Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been how do you do it? Well, now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.x. Z B N dot net. Welcome back everyone. CJ Ellison is my special guest. Her website, www.cjellison.com. That's C J E-L-L-I-S-S-O-N. Her book. Series is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and other online bookstores. And she also has a very active uh, fan page on Facebook. All you have to do is go to the search engine and type in her name, CJ Ellison. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll free, is the way that you can contact us. My email address is xone at com. First of all, CJ, thanks very much for joining us. It's a great pleasure talking to you, but I, I must ask you this. Where do you get your ideas for the erotic scenes? (laughs)
2: let's just say i have a really active imagination and a very willing husband
0: (laughs) so does he say oh no she's writing again no sleep for me tonight
2: (laughs) no he does not he giggles and says he's very happy to be my muse
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh heavens to if you were to meet a real vampire
2: what would you say
0: what kind of conversation would you have
2: Oh, wow, well, I don't think I would just have one question. I think I would have dozens of questions. Probably one of the first ones would be, how old are you? Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to know about their history, about their background, what they've lived through, what they've seen.
0: What was the hardest part about writing your book series? Uh, is there is there one area that kind of puts you into a writer's block?
2: Yeah, actually there is. It's writing about my nephew, Eric. Uh, he passed away two years ago on a motorcycle accident after he came back from a tour in Iraq.
0: I'm sorry.
2: And, thank you, it it was a very hard time. He uh, and I talked about the series. I have three nephews all in the army, and all three are written into the books. And right before he passed away, we were talking about the book. He was really excited. that in the second book, I was going to introduce his werewolf character. And actually, he picked that he wanted to be a werewolf in the book. So we had talked about it quite a bit. And I noticed that I'm still drawing a a freeze when I have to write the scenes with him in them. Definitely I hesitate a lot. And now that I've read the third book through and it's doing really well, I've noticed all the characters have really come to life. They all have a personality on the page, except for Eric's character. No one would know that except for a family member because they don't. Everyone who's reading the books is going to see what I want them to see. But when I'm writing the scenes with Eric and them, I have a very hard time trying to make him come to life on the page because it's still too too soon.
0: Did you always want to be an author, CJ, or was there something else that, that you wanted to be as a little girl but the author took over in the long run?
2: I could give you a list of the things I wanted to be since I was a little girl. It's uh, amazing how you have so many dreams and aspirations and things change as you evolve and you grow older. Uh, no, I did not always want to be a writer, and I actually have no formal training as a writer. My background in school is uh, chemistry, art, and business, so I had no formal writing training, and that really was a hindrance for me when I decided to go through with the publishing process. I was learning things from scratch. I was a terrific storyteller, but when I had worked with editors, I did not understand all of the jargon and all the things that they were trying to explain to me. So it was a challenge. Uh, before this, before becoming a writer, I sold real estate and was a property manager and was doing very well.
0: When you look at the at the genre of vampires, uh, why did you pick that genre instead of ghost hunting, instead of extraterrestrials? Why
2: vampires? I actually have a series said that a plotting out about, uh, about alien life and about being a some type of spy agent on kind of like an intergalactic world type mm-hmm. of setting but as far as why did I pick vampires for this yeah. because I enjoyed reading it I really enjoyed reading it and when I was perusing the bookshelves or online flipping through titles I would kind of gravitate toward the vampire books it was what I wanted to read publishers were insisting that years ago when I started writing that the genre was dead that it had been played out and that it wasn't going to be able to sell anymore. And they've been proven wrong time and time again. People still want to read about vampires.
0: But why? They don't
2: exist. Well, I think that the the biggest draw is the fantasy aspect. If you can make this character anything that you want in your mind, now let's say that you're one of these types of guys who wants to be some gun-toting hotshot. You can make vampires into a villain, and you're you know, just like the Winchester boys from Supernatural who are going out and exterminating monsters. You could be that type of vampire hunter. Or let's say that as a romantic character, you would like to be swept off your feet by someone with a, a lot of experience and lots of uh, mystery and maybe a little bit of angst some type of bad boy image, whatever it is that your heart desires, you can find it in the pages of a book through romance. And it can be portrayed with a vampire or with mm-hmm. a werewolf or a demon or whatever you'd like. So when you want to combine all the great things that you like to read, you certainly find them all with vampires.
0: What is the hardest part about being an author in the 21st century?
2: Wow, gosh, that's a that's a hard one to answer because there seems to be so many. I think making a choice on how you want to proceed with your career, because now we're a lot like the music industry was uh, quite a few years ago with the big change of Napster and everything uh, with the music industry. Your work is devalued when it goes up for free, but then you're able to reach readers when your work goes up for free. So it's kind of a, a vicious cycle of, do I want to go the traditional route and follow all of the rules, or do I want to be the master of my own destiny and try to branch out and try things differently? It is very hard right now with all of the changes to make the right choice. And I think for some authors, they have to do a lot of soul searching to find mm-hmm. out what the right choice is for them.
0: Is Is there anything a, a prospective author can do to make sure that the content that they want to write about appeals to the masses and not just their own particular uh, reading and self?
2: There are a lot of writers that will tell you that you should not write to the market. You should write mm-hmm. what interests you. And in essence, that's what I did. I found myself gravitating toward vampire books, and I knew what was missing in the genre and what I wanted to see. So that's what I sat down to write. If you sit down with the mindset of, I want to write toward a certain audience, by the time that book is ready and you've mastered your craft enough that it's perfect and polished enough to sell, that trend may be gone. So first and foremost, you have to write what you like. If you're writing for yourself to entertain yourself and that you're interested in what you're reading and you do a good enough job, chances are other people are going to be interested too.
0: What are some of the pros and cons of either going self-published or going with an established publishing house?
2: I think when you go with an established publishing house... You have a naivety when you walk into it, thinking that they're going to do all of this all of these big things for you, and your book is going to magically sell. Yeah. Well, they're going to get you a terrific editor, and they're probably going to get you a great cover artist, and they're going to do a little bit of marketing. But overall, no one is going to market or sell your book like you are. My agent sat me down and explained the whole thing to me. She said, when you get your advance, you better put all of it toward marketing because if you don't, you can't your book's not going to sell. You cannot take that money to the bank and think, woohoo! I've hit, you know, I've, I've made some sure. money now. I'm a real writer. No, no. Save it all. Put it toward marketing and publicity. And the writers who don't do that or who don't receive an advance are the ones who are going to be left off trying to figure out their career on their own. You can still go through a traditional publisher and not wind up not getting an advance. And that means that you are going to be left holding the bag trying to get your name out there, trying to reach readers on your own. So it seems as if you've got these huge, huge bestsellers that are getting these multimillion-dollar contracts, then you've got the mid-listers that are all falling to the wayside, and then you've got all the newbies that are trying to come into the, into the arena. So I think that unless you're one of these multi-million dollar authors, you really should be looking at your other avenues, trying to get professional editing done, making sure that you understand marketing, every aspect of the business you need to know before you get into it. Because if not, the only thing that you're going to do is hurt yourself in the long run.
0: Is it better for an author or easier for an author today to get their message across with the advent of the e-book? And I'm thinking about the Amazon Kindle and uh, the Barnes & Noble Nook.
2: Oh, yes, and definitely don't don't rule out Apple there either. The Mm -hmm. iBookstore does a phenomenal job for authors too. It is very easy to get your work out there now. But the problem is you are now a tadpole in an ocean. There are a ton of other writers out there doing the exact same thing What is it that's going to make yours stand out from all the others? First and foremost, you have to have a really good story. If you don't have a good story, everything else falls to the wayside. It doesn't matter how good your cover is or how good your editing is. That book is not going to do well. If you're a terrific storyteller, and I've seen some terrific storytellers that don't have the best editing, that are still making money hand over fist because they can really captivate the reader and draw them in. A lot of us who are spending lots of money on editors have a lot of professional jealousy that their books are as edited as well as they should be, and they're still making tons of money. But it goes back to the to the basics. Is if you can tell a good story, you will find an audience. Sometimes you have to hunt that audience down, really work hard to find your readership in the beginning, but the cream will rise to the top. If you write well and you find a reader base, you will expand little by little. might take you time, but it'll work.
0: How do you keep control and the story plot going as you, the author, see best when you've got an editor who's saying, no, that doesn't work right?
2: The real nice part about that is I pay the editor. So I'm able to say exactly how I want my book to go. Mm-hmm. The editor has uh, the chance to help me and guide me, but I have the final say. And that is the nice thing about owning your own publishing company. All of the authors in my company are told the same thing. You might be the one paying the editor, but it's your creation and your book. You always need to keep that in mind. Now, at the same time, an author who doesn't listen to the editor that they've hired is throwing their money out the window because why else did you hire them if you didn't trust them and didn't want to hear their opinion? That doesn't mean that I'm going to let someone dictate to me the plot points in my book or how I need to rewrite something and change it or cut a scene out that I particularly like, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I will listen when they tell me, you need to punch this up, you need to change this, you're repeating this information, this is not Uh, holding my interest because if it's not holding their interest it won't hold your readers
0: is it to an author's advantage to strictly look at the print media these days and with everything that is happening on the on the side of the computer and the handheld devices including the ipad and, and others as such why is the print book still so important
2: I'm not so sure the print book is so important. I think that a lot of people would love us to agree that it is, but mm-hmm. for me as an author, I've sold about 50,000 books, and I'd say probably less than 2,000 have been in print. Wow! I actually ran into a situation where I brought autographed copies of my print book to my library to donate, so they could be do- donated through the whole state, mm-hmm. and I was turned away. They said to me, we don't take unsolicited donations. I I don't think you understand. I am a local author. These are my books. I'm giving them to you so that they can become a part of the library system. They gave me a phone number and sent me on my way. So (laughs) I don't know if all libraries treat people that way, but that's certainly how the one near me did. It was, you know, thanks but no thanks, honey. And yet uh, I tried to run a contest where if people would review my book, I would donate one book to a library for every review I got, and then, then I couldn't even get the library to take my books.
0: Unreal. Unreal.
2: Now, does that mean the print is dead? No, print is not dead. I think as far as the U.S. and Canada, Canadian population have really embraced e-books, and mm-hmm. the U.K. is following, and Australia is next. But overall, if you want mass distribution and you're with a large publisher, that large publisher is going to be able to have outreach that as me as a small publisher is never going to have. And that reach is still going to be print largely.
0: I understand it's very hard for a, an independent to get their books into bookstores. Why is that?
2: You know what it comes down to is that it's real estate on that shelf space. And real estate is very expensive right now in a bookstore. Now, if you're going to be the person who's running that bookstore, are you going to take a chance and put a completely unknown nobody that you have never heard of on that shelf, on that very important, very expensive real estate shelf, or are you going to put a proven track record author on there like James Patterson, somebody who you know people are going to pick up the title, Stephen King, you know his books are going to sell. I, so it's not that my books aren't in bookstores right now. It turns out bookstores can get them if they order them. I'm in books in uh, print catalog, which means that my book can be distributed everywhere. But the bookstore has to know who I am, and the book buyers don't. I'm still two small potatoes in their minds that they don't know who I am. My readers know who I am. They are the ones who are clamoring for autographed numbered copies of my print books. But yet the bookstores don't know who I am.
0: Exonation, Nation, our special guest this hour is C.J. Ellison. And her website is www.cjellison.com, and that's dot com. When you're out meeting your fans, what are some of the questions you get asked?
2: I get asked a lot of the same questions you've already asked me. You know, what got you into writing? Where do you get your ideas from? Why vampires? People are very curious, but a lot of them all have the same questions, and it's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy talking to people about it. I think when they first meet me and we start chatting— usually they don't know I'm an author right away. I talk to people everywhere I go, and I won't work that into the conversation until we've been talking for a few minutes so they don't think I'm completely nutso. But we, uh, <laughs> you make a bond, and then you see what people's reading interests are, and you see if there might be a way that you could insert into the conversation you're, you're an author.
0: Have you received any feedback from the vampire community itself on your books?
2: I've been in touch with paranormal communities on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I have some people who support me who have written some uh, nonfiction books who've detailed uh, all the aspects of of the vampire lore and about people who live the vampire lifestyle, whether they're – I think it's called sanguinarians yes. or, or if they just um, have light sensitivities and – They have all been very supportive and very friendly. I've never had anyone who has ever uh, kind of poo-pooed or dissed Mm -hmm. me on what I write or why I write what I do.
0: CJ, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. XO Nation, CJ Ellison is our special guest, www.cjellison.com. That's C-J-E-L-L-I-S-S-O-N.com. Her book, uh, her book series, "The Vampire Vacation," is available at Amazon.com and Barnes and Noble. And um, we're going to be back on the other side of this commercial break, talking more about vampires as the exome continues. With yours truly, Rob McConnell, my special guest this hour, C.J. Ellison, on the other side of this break. Don't go
1: away. <laughs>
0: And welcome back, everyone. C.J. Ellison is my guest this hour, www.cjellison.com. And uh, don't forget, there's two S's in Ellison. So it's C-J-E-L-L-I-S-S-O-N.com. She has a very popular fan page on Facebook. And if you'd like to get a copy of her books, they're available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and other online bookstores first of all c j It's been great having you with us um what are you what are you some of your beliefs when it comes to the strange, the bizarre, the paranormal?
2: I like to think of it the same way that I do as a religion, each their own. Who am I to judge? How am I ever to be the one to know what's out there, what's real, and what isn't? I mm-hmm. think accepting someone for who they are for the face value they present is much more important than trying to label somebody
0: well said. Well said. What message would you like to leave with the listeners of the Xone Show tonight?
2: Oh wow. Well first off, thank you very much for your time and thank you for oh, having me. It's my great here. pleasure. And I would like to kind of ask them to give my work a shot. That they can come to my website, read half of my books for free, take a walk on the wild side. You never know what you might like.
0: So are there going to be more books in the vampire series? Are you are the vampire is the vampire genre going to going to expand, and what are some of the, without tipping the hand too much, what are some of the things that readers can look forward to happening within your Vampire series?
2: Well, so far, I'm plotting out the fourth uh, installment in the series, which is going to be a novella. The readers Mm -hmm. have been clamoring to want to know what happens with Jonathan or how did Jonathan become Vivian's uh, werewolf servant, and uh, I wanted to give them that story. So I'm writing a, a book of the past. It's going to be somewhere between, I think, Oh, well, if I tell you the word count, that sounds even sillier. So let's just say it's a novella. And then the the fourth book and in the installment that continues this tale will be like these, around 300 and something pages. And it will it will be set in Argentina and then around the world. And then I have another story slotted for after that. So we have at least two more full-length books and maybe two to three novellas in store for my readers.
0: I'm sure you've watched some of the vampire series on TV. Um how do you critique them? Do you, do you watch it with your husband? So, you know what? They've
1: got that right. <laughs> no, know, they've it's got so, that wrong. It's so funny
2: you say that because the one thing we have to say we do watch quite a bit of the vampire uh-huh. shows. I can't get them to watch the teeny bopper inspire ones, but I can get them to watch the adult ones. And uh, the, the biggest complaint we have is if, you're, if you were a vampire and your primary source of nutrition was blood, would you be a neat eater or a messy eater? And we're always amazed by, with being human or true blood or any of these, that they have these vampires that are, you know, these lusty, lusty folk that are uh-huh. very messy eaters with blood down the front of their faces and their, and their throats coating their clothing all over the place. And we thought, that just doesn't make sense. Number one, it's not very subtle. You can easily, you know, you're going to be able to walk out looking like you've just committed murder. Yeah. And two, it's very wasteful. It just didn't seem to make
0: sense. Yeah, it's that, you know, I, I can see a vampire driving, uh, going through the drive-thru at McDonald's saying, all right, I'll have a Big Mac without the bread and all the magic sauces. And and don't even bother cooking those darn burgers. I just love them raw. <laughs>
2: Or just stick your arm out the window for me. I'll exactly. Just, I'll just, just, tap a vein.
0: <laughs> CJ, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been a delightful hour. I wish you much success, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the Zone.
2: Same to you, and thank you for having me, Rob. I really uh, appreciate
0: it. You take care now. CJ Ellison has been my guest this hour, Zone Nation, www.cjellison.com. She's got a very active fan book at uh, Facebook. And she also has her books being sold and available on Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble and other online bookstores. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.